Hello and welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing. I am your weekly host, Joe Deborah, and our topic for discussion today is healing the foundation. Friends, it's going to be a good day today because our guest is joining us from the motherland, Ghana, West Africa, and he's in the person of the very Reverend Dr. Samuel Osam Diodu. Friends, Dr. Osam Diodu is personal mentor of mine and currently he serves as the circuit minister in Mount Sinai Methodist Church Dawunya Afienya Circuit which is in the Tema Diocese in Ghana West Africa he holds a doctorate in ministry and is very passionate about counseling and my friends he loves to mentor young ones and the young generation for Christ Friends, it's going to be a blessing for us to be able to have a conversation with very Reverend Samuel or Sam Duyodu today. So healing the foundation. What do we mean by healing the foundation? After all, foundation is defined as the base upon which something is built or stands. But friends, the truth is everything in life does have a foundation. From marriages, to our Christian faith, to buildings, to education. As a matter of fact, even before we do apply makeup, we put on a foundation before the correct shade is applied. But the fact is, the foundation is the lowest part of anything or whatever it supports. In fact, foundations are usually not even visible to the naked eye. And I find this phenomenon to be very interesting, my friends, because no matter how beautiful a house is or visibly attractive somebody appears after applying their makeup or whatever it is that we perceive, it is sustained and preserved by its very foundation. So the question is, how do we even go about healing a foundation when we cannot see it? How do we know that the foundation is even sick? Well, friends, that's why we have the very Reverend Dr. Samuel Osamdiodu with us today to shed some light on this for us and help us as we continue to heal. Reverend, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you to Dr. Joe Debra for having me. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, how is the motherland, Ghana? But it's great. The whole place is sunny and bright. <laughs> Very promising. Sunny sounds Day good because now. we are we are, yeah. we are in some cold front right now. <laughs> but Reverend, um, let's get into this because I know we have a lot to uh, discuss today. So healing the foundation. How do we even go about diagnosing or knowing that the foundation is sick before we even talk about being able to actually heal the foundation? Thank you once again for the opportunity to um, have the space to discuss together this all important topic about the foundation. Like you rightly said in your introduction, it is a substructure upon which the superstructure is built. So the superstructure depends on the foundation. Unfortunately for us, from the scriptural point of view, Precisely in Psalm 11, verse 3, the Bible says, If the foundation be destroyed, what mm. can the righteous man do? If the foundation be destroyed, 
Psalm 11 and verse 3. And turning these two digits, that is 3 and 11. And you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11. The first one is Psalm 11, 3. And turning these two, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. The Bible also assures us that Christ is the foundation. So talking about um, the foundation being sick has to do with one's relationship with Christ. He is defined as the foundation. So once you are right with him, that means there has been a restoration. Because um, to start with, we missed it. There was a problem talking about our relationship with God through Christ. And it was for that reason that Christ came to give us the opportunity to restore that relationship. Mm. So until that is restored, you remain sick. It remains sick. He comes in to do the repair works. He comes in as God's foundation. And once he comes in as the foundation, then you can build the rest of your life on it. So like I just said, the Bible has helped us to define what the foundation is. And the foundation is Christ. And if the foundation be destroyed, what can any individual do? Which is a fact mm. of life, even in science. If the substructure is not good, the superstructure has nothing to stand on to be built. Wow. Wow. So uh, then uh, what are some things or signs that will indicate for us that the foundation needs healing? Let's say in our marriage, in, in parenting, what are some things that as a parent you will notice in yourself that will uh, point you to the fact that your sign, your foundation needs some healing? That's a very good question. Just last Sunday, I had the opportunity to be at a burial service. And uh, in the process of conducting the service, we did remind ourselves that the central verse of the Bible is John chapter 3 and verse 16. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world. And in the process of loving the world, he demonstrated. He demonstrated. Therefore, he is giving us enough information. He's giving us enough information uh, so that at the end of the day, he wouldn't take us by surprise. Because the death of the sinner benefits him in no way. You die as a sinner, Christ has come to die in vain. So he has given us enough information. And Ecclesiastes chapter 1 9 says that there is nothing new under the sun. So we have a lot of examples in scripture to point out. For instance, going to the very first book in the Bible, when God came on the scene in Genesis chapter 3, he called out to Adam because Adam was lost. Adam, where are thou? So the moment things begin to happen contrary to the revealed pattern of scripture, then something has gone wrong. God created us in his own image, in his own likeness. So we are supposed to portray God. We are supposed to live God. The goodness of God, the, the, the love of God. And these are things that are found wanting in our lives. So the moment you cannot exhibit the nature of God, the God of love, the God of compassion, 
the God of others' mindedness, the God that is there for others, then the moment you cannot exhibit or portray the nature of God, then something has gone wrong. Mm. If it's all about yourself, not others, then something has gone wrong. So God made us in his own nature, in his likeness, supposed to live him out into the world. And unfortunately, that's not what it is. The moment you cannot live out God, something has gone wrong. Mm. So in your marriage, for instance, if you cannot portray God in the marriage, then something is wrong with the foundation. Because uh, parent... came up with the idea of marriage. Mm. Mm. He holds what about parenting? God is our father. And when mm. Jesus came on earth, the gospel of John, the, 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 the commonest word in the gospel of John is father. Mm. Father. Even on the cross, it was father. In the process, demonstrating to us the relationship between the father. So if we can all remember when the disciples went to him and besought him to teach them to pray. Said when you pray, say our father. It's about mm. God parenting us. And in him, David said, the Lord is my shepherd and he leads me. So God in Christ is demonstrating to us the pattern of parenting. Mm. The moment we are found short of it, that means something mm. is gone wrong. Wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for that answer. That's powerful. Uh, so, uh, Reverend, uh, and this, I believe, makes a lot of sense to the Christian, but what about the one who does not have a relationship with God? How do they know that their foundation is sick in the first place, and then how do they uh, go about um, receiving healing from that uh, perspective as well? That's a very good question, and that would raise a challenge to us Christians. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the ambassadors of Christ Jesus, called unto reconciliation. So we are supposed to live the life to attract. We are supposed to live the life to reveal Christ, the pattern God would want for his world. For this purpose, Christ came, that he would leave us to continue to work his works in the world of the living. So those who do not have Christ, our lives are supposed to attract them. Our stories are supposed to make meaning to them. They would want to come to us and ask us, what is your secret? At the end of the day, we can just tell them that there is no other secret apart from Christ in us, the hope of glory. Wow. 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 Well, thank you so much for that answer. So um, if I am following rightly, the main purpose of healing the foundation, therefore, is returning or restoring relationship with God. Um, to the cross. Uh, question then becomes, so how do you, what becomes then the measuring stick um, of me uh, measuring such a restoration? How do you measure it? Very good question. It will start with an encounter with Christ. Mm. And the moment that encounter takes place, see, the Bible says, I, I'm very fond of that expression. The Bible says, 
because that is my <laughs> my only source of uh, a major evil. I mean, all things will pass away, but not an iota. I believe the Bible is tried and tested. Mm. And whoever would believe in these precepts is bound for glory. So the measuring stick I would want to believe is revealed in the scriptures. And the measuring stick is Christ himself. And interestingly, there is no way you can um, fully get there, if I can put it that way. There shall always be room for growth. We are not talking about perfection. We are talking about work in progress. We are talking about right attitudes. Only yesterday I was sharing with the congregation that um, meeting Christ brings in the spirit, which creates the awareness that you need to put certain things right. Mm. And the spirit comes to aid us if we can cooperate with him. And I started the example in the life of David in 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 5. I mean, Saul was pursuing him. And uh, fortunately, unfortunately, uh, God delivered Saul to him. And the counsel came that this is your enemy, kill him. But David refused. He only decided to cut the tip of his garment, just cut a piece. And the Bible says that even by so doing, his heart smote him. He didn't kill him. He just cut, and that is the work of the Spirit. So the moment you encounter Christ, the new writer, very popular with us, the Methodist, he says, I want a principle with thee of jealous godly fear. So if you allow the Spirit of God to have the best part of you, he aids you. So when you are, I mean, going off track, you hear the still small voice. That means you are now sensitive. So it's not about us. For it's not by might, it's not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Ours is to cooperate with Him. So that when you hear Him by that still small voice, that my son, all things are lawful, not all things are expedient. So we have to be alive because a dead person cannot hear anything when you speak. So you got to be alive spiritually then you can connect with the Spirit of God to aid you in your effort. And the moment you err, you will feel it. Because that person doesn't know anything about going wrong or going right. You've got to be alive spiritually. Then you can discern between good and bad. Wow. 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 So, uh, thank you for that answer, uh, Reverend. Then the uh, question I will ask is, uh, you did mention we have to cooperate with him. So what brings about this cooperation? How do we get started? Let's say I, I don't know Christ. How do I even start uh, cooperating uh, so I will be able to hear him and walk in the way that uh, you are describing to me to walk? That's a very good question. As I said earlier on, we are the ambassadors. And we are given the ministry of reconciliation because we all lost it through Adam. Mm -hmm. And I keep reminding myself that 
You don't sin to become a sinner. So somebody can tell himself, I don't think I'm a sinner. You don't sin to become a sinner. But because you are a sinner, you can sin anytime. There's a world of difference. You don't sin to become a sinner. But because you are a sinner, you can sin. So the sin problem will have to be solved. And the sin problem is the Christ factor. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. And that's the message that we are supposed to preach. We are supposed to make available to all of humankind that the solution lies with God. He is the solution to our problems. And in his wisdom, he's giving us the way to it. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And my brother, doctor, believe you me, it calls for an experience. When we are saying some of these things, people would wonder. But I tell you, just experience it. You see, the psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 8, that come and test and see that the Lord is good. So once you connect with Christ, it is possible through the Spirit. Because we are born of the Spirit. Yes. According to John chapter 3, 5. And the moment you are born, you become alive. So now spiritual things become relevant to you. You become sensitive to spiritual things. So for the first time, when you are going close to sin, you'll feel it. Mm. For the first time, you don't enjoy sinning. For the first time, if you mistakenly fall into sin, we do want to go back for forgiveness and reconcile and restore your fellowship with him. For the first time. And that is the work of the spirit. Until that happens. You are not sensitive to sin. So yet you just mm. play with sin. Until you, you destroy your life. So it is. So, hearing the gospel. Responding to the mm. gospel. And allowing the spirit. To do the rest as you cooperate. Wow. Wow. So, uh, which means there's a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of uh, Christians, really, because if the foundation is broken or make, made sick by sin, and if we Christians don't shed the light or share the gospel, then um, in a way we are aiding the foundation being sick because if the foundation is not restored, how, how are they even going to restore it if they don't hear how it can be restored? So I think that is uh, very, very insightful, Reverend. That's very insightful. So um, let's talk about uh, this because uh, in our day and time, um, money also is seen as a foundation for a lot of things. Um, so how do you perceive that um, money as the foundation for uh, many things in our life today? <laughs> That's very interesting, you know. Just yesterday, we were at a meeting, and um, as part of uh, the word of exhortation, we read from Ecclesiastes chapter 519. It says, Money answereth all things. Mm. <laughs> Money answereth all things. So, <laughs> we do even say that the gospel runs on money. Mm. Money is the wheels for the gospel, and it's so true. You would need it. But believe you me, uh, money can equally be a destructive tool. Mm. 
You see, so at the end of the day, what Paul said, that Christ has become our wisdom, is so true. He comes into your life and gives you meaning to every other thing. You know, some people have had wonderful um, marriages, wonderful academic successes. They are rich by the world's standard. And those good things, supposedly good things, have destroyed their lives. Mm. Because they could not have the right meaning to these things. It is Christ. Let me, I can't overemphasize it enough. He makes the meaning to all of these things. In my poverty, people, somebody can be poor and contemplate suicide. Yes. But somebody can be poor and still become better off because he will have the hope that once he's alive in Christ, he will take it one day at a time with the hope that Christ in him or her shall be the hope of glory. And that God can make a way. Look at the story of uh, uh, Joseph. He was languishing in prison. There was no hope for this guy. But he maintained his relationship with God. And against mm. all odds, these are things, they are not just, um, they are things that happened. They are part of history. Mm. Look at Joseph, a very good, typical example. He and God gave him the grace. And if you look at the story of Joseph, um, some, uh, sorry, and God was with him. And God was with him. And he did well to maintain the presence of God with him. And against all odds. Because riches can destroy. And you know it very well. Hmm. Some have had serious moral issues because of their riches. Hmm. Yeah. So Christ in any situation gives us the better meaning to it that that particular situation you find yourself in will not end up destroying your life. That is wow. why he is the foundation. The wow. difference. Wow. Wow. So it's not the money that is the issue, but if there is no meaning to it, and the that only way me. to get the meaning to it is Christ. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. So, I mean, uh, talking about healing the foundation, I had a discussion um, some time ago uh, with uh, a, a, a fellow, and I want to bring it up uh, so we can shed some light on this. So, um, I, I, we basically were talking about um, the various religions and why I am a Christian and why others choose to um, believe in what they believe in. And obviously, that uh, for me, the foundation is Christ, as you uh, rightly mentioned. But he uh, made a statement to me, which I thought was very interesting. And he said that uh, his problem with Christianity is not really about Christ, but the issue of um, the, uh, the sin nature, which you made mention um, of uh, some time ago. And so he said, how do you make sense of being born in sin? Which I had not actually even thought about it that way because for me, it's an organic thing that I 
I'm born in you don't um you're not a sinner because you sin, but you sin because you're a sinner, which or you can sin because you're a sinner, which I thought is very interesting. That's actually what brought this back into memory. So can you share some light on that for us, actually? Thank you very much once again for this very good question. And I believe you can confirm to me that you don't seem to become a sinner. Yes. <laughs> but because you're a sinner. <laughs> All of us were born innocent. And uh, I believe you are a, a parent. You are bringing up your children. And uh, I'm also a parent. When they were kids, um, almost every child will start with the word no. <laughs> Everything is no. And as a parent, you would want to inculcate into that child uh, how to say yes. You can see it from our very nature, and we grow with it. And we grow with it. Uh, as an engineer by profession, I know that behind every design, there is a designer. We didn't yes. just come into existence. Somebody had to decide why my two eyes should be in front of me, not one in front and one at the back. Why should I have two ears and one, one mouth? Somebody had to de de decide to design us in this way. And so we need to be able to connect to the designer, to find meaning to our lives. You get a point. So in the wisdom yes. of the designer, who is God, which I believe all religions will accept the fact that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. So you can't question his wisdom. Yeah, God is sovereign. And God is spirit. Yeah, so what he wants us to know has been revealed. Mm. What he wants us to know. So my Bible will tell me that uh, certain secret things belong to God. And we are still exploring and making sure that we can dispute some of these things. For instance, if we don't die as humans, then straight away I can have reason not, not to believe in the Bible again. But the Bible says it is appointed unto every man. So no matter what you can accomplish, what you can do, what you do or not do, it's just a matter of time. Because the mm. Bible has said mm. every man will die. And for all since uh, the beginning of time, this has been with all of us. No matter what you can do. Confirming these are little things that can help us to see the authenticity of the word of God. Uh, so at the end of the day uh, he has declared and our lives are confirming it that when you are born you are you are taught to do good the evil comes automatically yes we are taught yes. to do good evil comes automatically because the nature the foundation is destroyed wow wow Wow. Thank you so much for uh, that answer. I, I think that is powerful. Um, we, we will be wrapping up this session shortly. Uh, but before I um, ask you for any of um, our friends and colleagues who um, in our world today, we would say are atheists, don't, don't believe in the existence of God at all. Because everything we've talked about, I mean, if you don't believe in the existence of God, then how do you even go about knowing what your foundation is and eventually 
healing the foundation if it's sick? That's a very good question. And uh, I would want to encourage all of us uh, to just uh, give him a try. You have nothing to lose. Mm. You will still own your own life. And whatever you want to do with it, you are at liberty to. But give Christ a chance and see. Just give him a chance. Just give him a try. If it doesn't work out well for you, please just opt out of it. But I promise you that you never regret it. You will never regret it. I'm telling you. Um, I remember I used to have a, an uncle. Uh, he did his PhD in civil engineering uh, at Columbia University. And after, the gradu after graduation, uh, he came to the conclusion that indeed it's all about Christ. Wow. Just give him a try. If it doesn't work, then you can opt out. But then it can be too late. It can be too late because after all, we don't own tomorrow. So once you have today, you make the best of today. Tomorrow can be too late. So I would want to say again, give him a try. If Christ is not good enough, you can opt out. But I promise you, you'll never do that. That that actually is a great segue to um, end, end this session of the show. But I have a, a follow-up question. So because, I, I mean, uh, when you are passionate about these things, you can't help but have interactions and conversations with so many. So what about the one who says that I was a Christian and then now I don't believe in any God or I don't believe in anything at all because we do encounter those as well. So uh, in, in their case, they will say, I've already given God a try. So what will be the answer there? Yes, another good question. It's interesting, our definition for Christianity. Hmm. People, some can assume. Is it Christianity is much more than church membership? It is much more than practice of religion. It is much more than having your name in a church book. It's much more than paying, going to church, paying offerings and tithes. It is about a real personal relationship with Christ. I was born into the church. All my life I was a chorister, but I didn't know Christ personally. I sang about him. So many people assume that they were Christians. But for all you know, they were not. Mm. Yeah. I have a, a personal story to confirm that. I was born into the church. And all of my life I was in the church. Until one day, even outside the walls of the church, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that was the turning point. So for all we know, people may be assuming, but then in actual fact, they were not. So give us a new opportunity. I, I think that 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 will be a, a great topic for us to actually discuss, and I believe we will be talking about Christocentricity uh, at some point, which uh, we will dive into this uh, even more. So, um, Reverend. Uh, before we end uh, our show today, any pardon words or knowledge that you would like to share with our uh, dear listeners? 
once again thank you for having me on your show and um it's my desire and my prayer that all of humanity will encounter christ uh, doctor i tell you you'll never regret it it's my desire so i pray that christians of our generation will stand up and live up to our calling as the light of the world and the salt of the earth. That in our actions and inactions, let the world know that Christ is real. Thank you for listening to us and I pray that this short conversation will help you to discover Christ for yourself. Amen. Amen. Well, dear Osam Diodu, Again, he joined us today live from Tema, Ghana, which is in West Africa. We are so grateful for his uh, knowledge and wisdom that, by the grace of God, he has shared with us today. Friends, join us same time next week as we bring to you another life-changing discussion on the Hour of Healing. Again, thank you for listening to us, and God bless you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.